Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Ain't a damn thing pretty. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport. Even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea cider. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown. Put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Go to the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 300 of Talking Friars. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. The San Diego Padres officially have a new shortstop, Xander Bogarts. He was introduced at Petco Park today uh, in front of the media. There were some good moments from that press conference, some funny moments. Um, We'll get to that. And then there's some also news and notes uh, around the Padres and what they're going to be doing now, now that they have Bogarts, what's next, what additional moves are they going to make? If you have any questions, any comments, feel free to put them in the chat and I will get to that uh, at the end. Uh, But without further ado, let's get to this press conference. And my big takeaway from Xander's press conference today was just how much people are going to be able to gravitate towards him, if that makes sense. Like, this guy seems like a really, really good dude, a good clubhouse guy, a leader. Um, I was just on with John and Jim, kind of teasing Jim, because Jim Russell, he when they were introducing Xander, he decides to get up, as they were putting Xander's jersey on, get up with his phone and put it, like, right in the middle of the national TV camera that it was being that, that, and it's on like MLB network and stuff. And so we like, couldn't see Xander's face when he was putting on the Jersey. Thanks to Jim. 
Just wanted to be the center of attention. Um, that video is up, by the way. Just go Talking Friars on Twitter, and you'll see what I'm referring to there. Uh, but, I mean, just the leader that he was, it, or the leader that he is, it's just what it seems like. Um, when he had to be funny, or when, he, when it was time to be funny, he was funny, talking about uh, wanting to kiss Scott after the press conference, Scott Boris, because he got an 11-year contract. Um, and just, you know, when a reporter asked him if he's the shortstop, he was like, uh, yeah. Uh, he was willing to be funny. Um, he, it seems like he has a good personality. Um, and so that's definitely something that, whoa, they, I lost connection here. Am I back? Hopefully I'm back. But yeah, just my takeaways from this was the leader that he is, he has a good personality, people gravitate towards him. Um, and so the, the, those are definitely, uh, I, I like what I'm seeing from Xander, if that makes sense. Um, let's get to some highlights, I thought, of this press conference. Him and Don Orsillo are reunited. Uh, Don, he called some of Xander's games with the Red Sox before he was let go by the Red Sox and then came to the Padres. Again, another bad move by the Red Sox, just allowing one of their fan favorites to get out of town. Um, but they're back together, and that's kind of what Xander started his, his comments uh, with. So here's Xander on that. Don tweeted out my video to that, by the way. Don, as soon as I came in, and it was, I haven't seen him in a while, so that was definitely a, uh... Definitely ha happy to, to see him. Uh, you know, I'm always a fan of him, just doing the games on TV and stuff like that. And all. So. That's another takeaway. You know, watching games on TV. How Xander talked about that there. Like this guy is a baseball nut. He pays attention to baseball 24/7. Uh, kind of like me, but like AJ Preller, you know how he's a baseball nut. The guy doesn't sleep. Like that's what it feels like. Xander Bogarts is. And I think the Padres have learned their lesson on who to be acquiring, if that makes sense. Like the superstar long-term contract guys to be acquiring, who, what characteristics should they have? I mean, Eric Hosmer, he doesn't seem like a baseball nut. Someone who watches baseball 24-7, you know, like Xander was talking about in this press conference. Manny seems like a baseball nut. I know he golfs and stuff, but... He seems like a baseball nut. Like, he wants to win. He works his butt off. Juan Soto works his butt off, right? Seems like he's always having fun when he's playing. Fernando, I know he, he's, you know, he's not afraid to ride motorcycles and stuff in the past. But when he's on the field, he loves baseball. And it looks like he's always having fun, right, most of the time. Um, of course, there's slumps and stuff. But most of the time, it seems like he's having a blast. And so these guys that are a core of their team like they are they love baseball and it's almost like they'd rather be doing nothing else when they're on that baseball field and so it seems like they've learned from that Hosmer signing and so that's definitely a good thing uh Xander he also talked about he didn't think how he was going to be a fit with the Padres um but AJ Preller made that work right obviously there were shortstops already on the roster you had Kim, you had Tatis, and so Xander going into free agency didn't think that he fit the Padres, and 
a lot of other people didn't think that he fit the Padres, including Scott Boris a little bit too. Um, and I'll get to Scott, his kind of funny comment here in a little bit as well. Uh, but here's Xander about his fit with the Padres. Being here, you know, one day, but after they got Tatis, so I was a little unsure. I was like, that, that doesn't fit, you know. So, but here I am, you know. Uh, the, it's crazy how how the world works, and then everything happens for a reason. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and uh, everything happens for a reason. I mean, what's the reason that this happened? There's, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, the Red Sox just lowballed Xander. Uh, multiple times, their offer to him was like six years for 162. I think that's what it was reported. That's like 120 million dollars less than what the Padres gave him. Um, so there's that reason, and it seems like this is a great guy to help build your team around, right? Him and Manny, and hopefully Soto uh, and Tatis. Like this is a really, really strong core. Uh, and I can't, I couldn't be happier to have Xander in a Padre uniform. I mean, coming away from this press conference, like I am a huge Xander Bogarts fan already. I already liked the guy when he was with the Red Sox and um, a line drive hitter hits to all fields. He's, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't seem like just this only pull hitter, right? Um, kind of like some guys are nowadays. And maybe that, that'll change, you know, with the shift going away and stuff. Uh, but this guy is just a great player and seems like a really, really uh, good human. Um, here is Xander. So I was talking about how it's baseball 24-7. He used the term baseball struck. And just like to him, it means watching baseball, paying attention to baseball, being involved with baseball 24-7. So here's his comments on that. Baseball struck, man. 24-7 baseball. Uh, I grew up like that watching baseball games, uh, scoring baseball games like some of you guys might do uh, growing up, watching a lot of baseball on TV. Uh, TBS had the the, the the Atlanta Braves. Andrew Jones was playing at that time, so was locked into that every night. Uh, WGN had the Cubs, so, I mean, I know pretty much every every guy on that team. And Sunday Night Baseball was mostly Red Sox-Yankees back then. You know, now it's, now it's different. Now you have Dodgers, Padres, or, or Cubs, and... Cardinals, so it, 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 it variates, but I mean, I'm just huge into baseball 24-7. After I play baseball games, I uh, go back home and continue watching baseball. Uh, I mean, not necessarily of myself, but just watching my other peers, guys that I've played with or against that, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of, so 24-7 on it. I love that. I love that he's 24-7 on it. Now, I know that there's some times where it's like we want players to have a break if they're in a slump, like Go use that off day to have a break. And I'm sure Xander does that. But to have a guy that is that committed like that, um, and I know guys are being paid millions of dollars, so we expect them to be committed like that. But I assure you that there are people, players in baseball, that are not like Xander like that, that are, that are just there, I mean, because they were given that God gift uh, of being great at baseball, right? And they don't, like, love baseball. But you're making millions doing it, so it's like, all right, well, I'll just keep doing this. Uh, but with Xander, it's the best of both worlds. Like, he's getting money for him and his family, but he also loves baseball as well. Uh, and this guy, if there's someone to take, you know, Tatis off a of shortstop, put him in the outfield, if there's someone to take him off of short and put him at second, 
If there's someone to take Crony off of second, put him at first. Uh, it's this guy to put him at shortstop. Just the leader that this guy seems like he is. I mean, Red Sox fans absolutely loved this guy. They are like in hell right now because he's not a Red Sox. And the Red Sox uh, ownership and front office lowballed him and disrespected him. Like this guy, he is going to be a fan favorite fast. And I can already see that from the fan base. They love this guy. I love the moment. Uh, before the press conference, the Padres posted his locker, and it's right next to Manny's, pretty much, as well in that in the clubhouse. And there was like containers, multiple containers of animal crackers. So he's a big animal crackers guy, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I mean, just seeing that personality, you know, uh, we're already seeing that from him, and I, I think that's uh, a cool thing that we saw today. Um, there was also this kind of, it's not a weird question because I understood it from like, because it's a big talking point, right? Who's the shortstop? Uh, there's so many shortstops on the team. What does this Xander signing mean for Tatis and blah, 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 blah. But we know, we knew going into this press conference, we knew that Xander is the shortstop. So I didn't really think this question needed to be asked. And Xander was kind of confused uh, when this reporter asked him about what position he's playing like again we knew it was going to be shortstop and xander was like uh yeah no duh shortstop so here's xander uh for xander what position do you play uh, i play infield i play shortstop so there seems to be three or four shortstops on this team is shortstop your position is that what uh, aj has said that you'll be playing uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he was confused. He's like, uh, yeah, yeah. AJ's told me I'm playing shortstop. You don't bring this guy in when you know Tatis has played the outfield before. You know Cronenworth has played first base before. Kim can move over to second. I think he's played there before. He's had to at least once or twice during this regular season. Um, like, You don't bring this guy in and say, no, you're, you're not going to be the shortstop. right? Like, it, He fits as the shortstop because you have other guys around him that can play other positions. So that was kind of a weird question to ask him, uh, but that was kind of a funny moment there during that press conference. Uh, here's the thing where Scott Boris, you know, he's obviously Xander's agent, and he got an 11-year deal from the Padres for Xander, and uh, Xander loves Boris for that. Let's just say that. Obviously, your agent, Scott, he knows the as well as anyone, but if someone had told you um, though at the beginning of the offseason that you're going to be able to get an 11-year deal with the way Mark is going, would you have been surprised? I would have kissed him. <laughs> you know, I would have. I would have. I uh, haven't yet, but I might do it after. See, there's the personality, right? Like that, I think that's big. Um, like there, there are certain guys that are Hall of Famers that didn't, ha that didn't show their personality, but you know, Manny, he's serious post-game, right? But we know he has a personality. Um, Xander, he was serious when he needed to be at this press conference, you know, talking about positions and uh, playing at Petco and stuff. But, you know, when you – the season's long, right? And so I, I think it's, it is important to have, you know, your leaders, for them to have a little bit of a personality, right? Uh, I, I think that's, that's big. So that was funny. 
Um, and Scott Boris, so he made this really funny comment. It, it was really quick, but he made this fu funny comment about AJ Preller, and he was kind of caught off guard when AJ Preller uh, was calling Boris about Xander and wanting Xander. Uh, kind of like how Xander was kind of surprised by that as well. Like he didn't think that he fit with the Padres. And so Scott is telling his team that they need to look, they need to kind of change the way they think about how A.J. Preller builds his rosters. So here is uh, Scott. Better job of we have to do a better job of understanding how, how A.J. thinks about how he puts teams together. We have yeah, I mean, I put that on Twitter and was like, this is a message for Padres Twitter as well, because there's a bunch of people that are always throwing out these random things, and it's like, that's not something that AJ's going to do. Do you realize that he likes people that are athletic and play different positions? He thinks outside the box. So just bringing up these like uh, obvious solutions, that, that's not really the way AJ thinks. Like Sometimes you bring in the obvious guy, but a lot of the time AJ brings in that big guy that we don't think is realistic or... He makes a move that no one was talking about uh, or makes moves like one after the other after the other. There's not just one move and then a lot of time off and then another move. Sometimes there's not a whole lot of time between moves. Um, so I think it's a good thing for us Padres fans to keep thinking outside the box in moves because that's how AJ thinks. So don't. I mean, you can bring up, you know, obvious stuff. And if you want to post that on social media and say, hey, how about this guy? Okay. You know, if you want to put it in the chat, how about this guy? Okay. Like, Senga seems like an obvious guy. That, like, that's something that Preller's interested in. That's an obvious thing. But I think those people, <clears throat> Jim Russell, that thought that this Xander Bogarts move was, like, there was zero chance of this happening. Uh, now, Jim, he, he might not have said zero chance, but... He, he said it was a pipe dream. Kind of like he put it in the same category as Otani. I thought that this wasn't going to happen. I, I've said that multiple times. And so definitely I was wrong about that. But I did realize that it was a possibility. I did not leave out Bogarts as a possibility to join the Padres because you did see the fit. Like I mentioned multiple times on this show that getting a shortstop did fit the team because other guys can move around. And A.J. Preller, if you're looking at it again from his view, his out-of-the-box view, they didn't get Abreu, okay. Now, what's the best thing here? You didn't get Rizzo. What's the best option? It's not a first baseman. It's not overpaying for Josh Bell, right? It's not overpaying for a left fielder. It's by getting a shortstop, because they're the best position players remaining, the best bats, because you needed a big bat, multiple big bats. You needed that big bat long-term. And they were the best remaining bats on the market. So you get a shortstop, you can move other guys around. You can move someone like Tatis to the outfield. Sure, you signed him to be a shortstop, but guess what? Plans change. You don't pass up the opportunity of getting Xander Bogarts, right? So thinking outside the box, uh, Xander was arguably the best hitter remaining on the market after, after they missed out on Trey Turner and then Aaron Judge, right? So... Getting their third guy in, in the span of those three days at the winter meetings, that, that's getting Xander as your third option, I guess, if that's how you want to put it. That's not, that's not a bad third option, right? Um, what else here? 
yeah, that, that was, those were the only like main comments that I wanted to play from the Xander press conference. Uh, Don has already tweeted, welcome to, to San Diego instead of San Diego. Uh, that's going to be big around town, San Diego. Um, he actually used my video for that, so that was pretty cool. I, I think I told you guys this, but at the winter meetings, I ran into Don in the lobby, and I was like, I said something to the effect of, you'd like a Xander and Don reunion, huh? And he's like, I hope so, but there's a lot of competition, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and San uh, Diego is coming. He is in San Diego, and Don and Xander are back reunited red sox fans are pretty pissed off but hey they got their world series they won like four world series in the last two decades i think they're good um we've never won one let's share share these titles gill says my big takeaway is that he's a netherlands fan and didn't want to go live until the game ended didn't want to go live What does that mean? I know that he plays for Netherlands in the World Baseball Classic. If you're talking about him watching a bunch of games, yeah, he watches. Yeah, I love that comment. He loves watching uh, baseball. He's a baseball nut, right? Baseball struck, right? That's what the comment that he said. I love that. Partly because I am too. Like, that's just who I am. Um, Anyone who knows me, like, that's... It's pretty close to 24-7 for me. Uh, so Preller, Bogarts, me, I, I guess we have something in common. Uh, in common, And uh, I'm sure you guys in the chat do too. Chad asks, do you think this move will have any negative effects because it essentially forces three players, Kim Tatis and Crony, to switch positions? Or do you think that they won't mind moving around? Uh, Tatis, he might mind it the most because he just played shortstop his whole life. And he probably thinks the Padres signed me to play shortstop. But when you're coming off a suspension, you don't have a whole lot of uh, room to be saying, I should be the starting shortstop. Like, no, go move to the outfield. Do you want to win a World Series? All right, then you'll be going to the outfield. Go get an outfield glove. Uh, As for Crony and Kim, I don't think they care. They want to win. Jake Cronenworth, I know for sure, does not care. Uh, moving off second. Sure, he's probably most comfortable at second base, but he'll get comfortable at first base. He's a guy that works his butt off. He's usually out there first or one of the first people at batting practice, uh, at least during the season when I could go to Padres BP. I saw That's what I uh, saw. He was one of the first guys out there. So I, I don't think there's going to be much negative effects. Maybe there will... I'm sure there will be negative effects at some point, like errors or Tatis just not looking too comfortable out there or uh, Kim maybe having to settle in at second for a little bit or crony a little bit, but just familiarizing themselves. Okay. How many steps do I have to take to my right? uh, Where I, where that's my ball and Kim won't get to it. Like, you know, with the shift going away. So there might be some at the beginning, but I don't anticipate there being negative effects for a long period of time. Quan says, Grish already gave up number two. What number is Grish going to wear now? I have no idea. Uh, The Padres, I believe they're saying that Grish is going to decide on a number here pretty shortly. Um, But, I mean, Trent Grisham, if you're you're wearing number two, 
he's probably like, I just had a terrible season. We're bringing in a four-time All-Star. I'm giving up my number. And Xander's probably going to hook him up, right? I know Grish, I, I think he likes to golf, so maybe Xander hooks him up with a new driver or something or some cowboy boots or a new cowboy hat or something. Um, but no, Xander will, Xander will pick him up. And I know there's a lot of talk about uh, I, some fans, man. They are not big Grisham fans. I understand why. I put out on Twitter today, I was like, so what number do you think Grish is going to wear now that Xander has two? And people were like, number two for the Pirates or number two on another team? Like, they are not, they've given up on him. Uh, look, it's easy to give up on a guy that sucked last year, but I guess we forgot how much he did for the Padres in the postseason. Like, they did not make it to the NLCS or they do not make it to the NLCS without Trent Grisham. Like, he was huge for them in 2022 in the postseason. Yeah, he did not have a great regular season. He didn't have a good regular season. He sucked, and he'll admit that. But he was huge in the postseason, and when you can turn around a fastball from DeGrom like that and take Scherzer yard, right, like, and go yard in game, what was that, game three of the NLDS against the Dodgers, right, that was a huge home run. You can show up in those big moments. I think you can show up in the regular season. And so I'm not going to give up on him. We know that he's great in center field defensively for the most part. So you add a bunch of power to the order. Grisham, Tatis, another power bat coming, you would think, because uh, they're not going to have David Dahl as the DH like MLB Network putting up as the placeholder on that graphic that they put up there uh, that I saw today. We're going to get a bat. So you add more power to the order. You're upgrading the offense. I don't think Grisham, if he has another down year, that might be his last year as the center fielder, but it's not going to, I don't think it's going to tank the Padres. Like it's not going to hurt as badly as last year, probably, because there's going to be more talent uh, in the lineup, right? Uh, also, with Grish, he can only go up from here, right? He's not going to go down. The guy hit under 200, right, this past season. He was striking out like the most in baseball, it felt like. He's not going to do that again, right? Like this guy, I would think he's motivated because he wants to stay on this team and go win a World Series. So I think that he's motivated to uh, prove doubters wrong, like Padre fans on Twitter, and uh, just prove to his teammates, right, that he's still, he's still you know, the starting center fielder. He can go really help this team. Yeah, Gabe says I like Bogarts already. I, I I'm loving Bogarts already. Yeah, he's. I don't want to say he's already one of my favorite players because he hasn't like took the field yet. But I'm loving Xander. He's going to be definitely one of my favorite players. Anyone who knows me, it's Cronenworth, it's Musgrove. Obviously, love Manny and have a lot of respect for him. But everyone loves Manny. Uh, but Bogarts is definitely up there too. Um, I was a big Myers guy just because of everything that. He went through with us, right? All the highs and the lows. Um, so, uh, and I, I like Nick Martinez too, like the guy just willing to take on any role um, that Bob Melvin puts him in, right? Uh, just the competitiveness that he had in any moment last year. Like it could have been regular season, postseason, didn't matter. So, uh, yeah, Bogarts, I'm loving him already, definitely. Quan asks, or he asks, excuse me, thinks the Padres, do you think the Padres are getting Senga? I heard they're talking to Lugo too. That's a good segue here. 
Um, so John Heyman, he put out, I think it was yesterday, or was it today? It might have been earlier today. He put out that the Dodgers, the Nationals, and the Padres are pursuing Seth Lugo. And I gave my thoughts on this when I was at the winter meetings, when I was going live from the hotel. And my thoughts on this is I'm not too big on Seth Lugo. As a reliever, sure. But as a starting pitcher, I'd rather go get someone like Kodai Senga, who is a starting pitcher, who we know can take those innings all year long. Um, I know he hasn't pitched in the big leagues before, but he's a starting pitcher. Seth Lugo, I don't believe he's a starting pitcher, a real starting pitcher. He wants to be a starting pitcher, but he's not a starting pitcher right now. The most games started in his career is 18. That was in 2017. That's a long time ago. So this guy wants to go start now. Sure, go do that for the Nationals. Okay, go do that for the Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers will probably turn into Kershaw. Kershaw or something, but for the Padres, I want someone that's more guaranteed. And what I mean by that is like, we know what we're going to get out of him. You know, I'd be interested in him as someone that could start some games, but he's mostly a reliever, kind of like Nick Martinez last year. He can start if you need him to, but I don't want him slotted in there as like the four or the five starter. Like you're starting every time around because he has, he has not proved that he can do that. I want someone that has proven that they can do that. Uh, and with Senga, do I think the Padres are getting Senga? I'm probably going to take the same stance as Pogarts or another shortstop and say I don't think they will, just because there's other competition out there. Um, I want Senga. I think the, Pod the Padres have a good chance of landing Senga. I think their chances improve probably, if, you know, because they got Bogarts and you know they're they're improving this year. Uh, but there are other definite suitors out there. The Mets keep spending money. The Dodgers are out there, right? Uh, the Rangers, probably not. But there are other contenders out there that want Senga as well. And who knows if the Padres have a price for Senga because he hasn't been in the big leagues before. Where with Bogarts, maybe they were like, no, we'll give him 280. That's fine. Who cares? We'll give him 280, 11 years. Okay. Uh, because we know what we're going to get, right? So we'll see. My gut says no, but my gut said no about Bogarts too. Uh, and they went out and spent. They spent on him, you know. You can't, you, can't, you can't be like shocked when AJ lands anyone anymore. Judge, I probably would have been shocked because it was Yankees-Giants the whole time. But with like Trey Turner, I was very excited. Wasn't shocked. Bogarts, very excited. Wasn't shocked because we heard the rumors. We know AJ thinks outside the box. Uh, Lugo would be outside the box too because obviously he's he hasn't started consistently since 2017. Or 18 games started isn't even consistently, but he hasn't had 18 starts in a season since 2017. And you want to put him in the rotation? That's outside the box. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised if that happens as well. I personally wouldn't do that. Uh, and bring him in as a full-time starter and give him a spot in the rotation. But I'm talking about Lugo, but maybe that's just me. That's why I'm not in the GM's chair. Chad says, imagine if they were able to make a trade for Alejandro Kirk and then move Campy and others for some more pitching. 
Something tells me they aren't confident in Campy being a full-time backup. I actually kind of disagree. I think Preller told the media the other day that they are confident in Campy. Now, he probably is just saying that because he's talking to the media. What is he going to do? Say, no, I'm not, I'm not confident in Campy. We're looking to trade him. We're not, we don't want this guy catching. No, you're going to express confidence in the guy. Uh, I think they will. I think we'll see development from Campy. Uh, he's working. I think he's playing in winter ball, or he was at least. He made progress last year. I think with Musgrove, I think that definitely helped. I'd, I'd like to see Musgrove pitch to Campy, at least in spring training, see how that can work. Have Campy catch for another guy as well, see how that can work. Uh, like Darvish, he's pitching to Nola. Um, if Snell's more confident in Nola, okay, he's pitching to him, right? But like Musgrove, he's already shown that he's open to that. Nola's not going to be catching every day. It's not the postseason. They're going to need Campy to catch. As for the, the Alejandro Kirk thing, I think that, I mean, maybe that could happen. But I don't know if the Blue Jays are going to acquire a catcher if they trade a catcher. They're probably looking for other things. I think they're in the market for a center fielder, so maybe they, have Gr they get Grisham. Um, now, the Padres would have to have a plan. How are they going to replace Grisham? But maybe they do that because uh, I think they're in the market for a center fielder. I don't think they want Springer out there every day in center field. I could be wrong, but I think I saw that as the Blue Jays were, they were interested in Nimmo, I think. So I think they're in the market for a center fielder. So maybe it's Kirk trade for him and you trade them Grisham or I don't know what other outfielder you trade. Maybe they're interested in a Zokar, but they probably want some power in center field, some power potential. They probably want, obviously, Grisham over a Zokar. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, move Campy for others or for some more pitching. I think Campy, if they get Kirk, put him in. You can move Campy. Do the Marlins, are the Marlins interested in someone like that? If you know, Because I know they have some young pitching. Uh, D-backs have young pitching, but they're not going to trade him to the Padres. I'm just trying to think of some other teams that have some young pitching that they'd be willing to deal. Because there are a lot of teams that have young pitching, and they're like, no, I'm not going to deal this young pitcher or these young pitchers because they're young. They're controllable, right? Those are great pieces to have so you can go spend on power hitters that are free agents, right? So um, I don't think it's likely that Campy gets dealt, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. There are a lot of things that I don't think are likely, and then AJ does them. Yeah, Quan says, Jim going to eat a shoe because he didn't think this was going to happen. He said that. Uh, he's not going to eat a shoe, but he'll probably have to eat something nasty. He's already balding, too, in the back. Maybe that's rude to say, but go look up Talking Fires on Twitter, and you'll see the video. Just right in the middle, his phone just right in front of the camera. And it's like we can't, just totally blocked by, uh, by Jim trying to see Xander put on the Padres uniform. He got pulled back by one of the Padres employees, like, dude, what are you doing? So I went on John and Jim and ripped him a little bit. Oh, okay. This going back to this Netherlands comment. 
He was watching the Netherlands World Cup game. Okay. My bad. I wasn't following the World Cup today. If they played today, I wasn't following that. My bad. I know they're still in it. Or they were. Okay. Oh, Gabe, Gabe wants Gersh to be number two on the Chihuahuas. He wants to be in El Paso. All right. I mean, okay, that's a little too much. Who are they going to get to go play center? I mean, Tatis, but okay, who are they going to go play to play the other corner? Okay, you bring in Conforto or something, or you bring back Profar, you still have to go get another bat on top of that. I would just stick with Grisham. It can only get better. He has the power potential. You think he's going to work his butt off this offseason. If it doesn't work this year, all right. I think they have a lot of, they're getting a lot of power on offense, and they're going to get more power with the DH bat. So I don't think it's the end of the world if you have Grisham hitting ninth in the lineup and playing great defense. Um, so you're going to put a Zokar as a starting center fielder or a starting outfielder right now? Because that's what it is. I know things can change. You're going to have David Dahl out there? No thanks. I, I, I'll just stick with Grish then. Uh, someone asked if Crony is going to first, who is his backup? Well, we don't know who his backup is right now. Maybe they go with Myers. Maybe they bring back Drury. We don't know. Um, asked, why are we waiting to get Drury or Myers? I would love to have Myers back and play all over and DH. I think because the Padres' priority right now is starting pitching and getting another bat to be the DH because they don't envision Will starting at DH and they need starting pitching. They know starting pitching is going to go off the board probably before Will goes off the board because contenders probably think Will is not a starting player, so why would they go get Will if he's just a bench piece? Go get the starters first. Those should be your biggest priorities. Um, and if Will, if they don't get Will, they probably don't view it as the end of the world. They can just go get someone else to fill that and play first in DH. You know, Maybe they're interested in Mancini. Or they want to get Drury back and bring in Dom Smith. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. There's po probably trade possibilities that we're not even thinking of. Uh, that would be my answer of why they're waiting on Myers. As for Drury, probably because they want someone else over Drury, I would think. Or maybe they don't want whatever price Drury wants or whatever price Drury's commanding. And probably they, they're going for starting pitching right now, I would think. Like Xander, Xander is, he was arguably the best bat remaining after they struck out on, they didn't even strike out. Like those guys just chose another team, right? They, Judge went to the Yankees. Turner went to the Phillies. Um, Rizzo went to the Yankees. Abreu went to the Astros. Astros offered more money, obviously. So once they missed out on those guys, they went to Bogarts. He was the best remaining. They got him. So now, who are the best remaining? It's probably the starting pitching, right? Correa's out there, but I'm talking about fits for the Padres now. So it's starting pitching. It's Rodon. It's um, it's Senga. Who else? It's Bassett, right? Those type guys. That's probably who their focus is on right now. All right, I'll get back to the chat. But first... This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. 
You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right. Gil says, first impression of Bogarts is highly positive, eager to see how he does in Petco. I agree. I think he's going to do well. Uh, I don't think his power numbers will be as great because it's Petco. Those numbers usually go down. But he'll be hitting the gaps. He's a complete hitter. He's not just this pull-happy guy. A lot of his home runs are pull home runs, but that's a lot of guys. But he, he, can, he can have extra base hits in the right center gap, definitely. Justin with the Super Chat. It's a great way to support the channel. I encourage you to do so. If you want to make sure, guarantee that I get to your comment or question, you can use that Super Chat button. Uh, Justin asks, would you be at her, ha would you rather have Seth Luck or Manaya? Who's that? I don't know who Seth Luck is. Um, Justin, let me know who you're talking about there, that first pitcher, or Manaya, and then I'll answer it, because if, if that pitcher is someone worse than Manaya, then I'll pick Manaya. But any, I, I assume that it's someone that's better than Manaya, so I'm going to go with that person over Manaya. Manaya, I, I just don't see him as this great fit for the Padres. I think the Padres need to go get a starting pitcher that they can say, hey, I'm confident in this guy on the mound in the postseason. With Shamanaya, we're not confident in him on the mound in the postseason. I mean, come on. They left a bad taste in our mouth, right? Game four, NLCS, goes out for an inning, gives up a run, comes out for a second inning. Part of that's on Bob Melvin, I think. But still, second inning comes out, and he gets shelled. So whoever that other guy, Justin, is, I, I think I'll go with him. Let me see if you put someone in the chat. Oh, Lugo. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's actually, yeah, that's a good question. As a starting pitcher, probably Manaya. But as a, just a pitcher in general, Lugo, I, I'd probably trust Lugo in the postseason on the mound for an inning or two more than Manaya. Uh but I'd rather just have someone else other than Manaya or Lugo. Because I think I want someone that I can trust as a starting pitcher. I can't do that with Lugo right now. Now, the Padres might be confident in him. They might know more. They probably, I guarantee they know more than we do about Lugo. Uh, I, I don't trust Manaya in the postseason right now. So I'd rather have someone else, someone who is better. All right, back to the chat. Captain SPZ asks, you might have already talked about this, but do you believe the Dennis Lynn report of Manny, Tatis, and Soto and Bogey won't be together in two years? Yeah, I did see Dennis Lynn tweet about that. He, didn't he say it was unlikely or something like that? Let me look up Dennis Lynn's Twitter. Um... Oh, yeah, this was earlier today. He said, the chances of Bogarts, Machado, Soto, and Tatis all playing together in a year or two might be slim. Mega contract prices continue to soar. Among the reasons the Padres paid a premium for Bogarts was his personality. He's a lead-by-example type who should fit in any clubhouse. I mean, I think Bogarts is a good 
plan to have in case Soto or Manny leave. But Seidler said today that he wants Manny to finish his career as a Padre. And he's already told the media in the past that he's not going to be satisfied with two and a half years of Juan Soto. So he's going to try to bring both of them back. I think that Manny might be able, what is he going to be when he's a, if he opts out? He's going to be, what, 31? So a team will probably offer him, if he opts out, a deal till he's 40. I mean, John Heyman reported today that the Padres were thinking about offering Aaron Judge a 14-year deal to put him uh, up until, or put him through age 44 to lower the AAV. Major League Baseball wouldn't have allowed that, I guess, because they would have uh, realized that, hey, they're trying to do this on purpose. They don't think Judge is going to be a good player then. They're doing this on purpose to lower the AAV, lower the tax. Uh, so according to Heyman, I guess his sources say that Major League Baseball wouldn't have allowed it. I didn't know that they could just do that. Like, if the player is agreeing to the contract, then why can't the team do it? But it should be up to the team and the player, right? But I, that was something that Heyman said today. So the Padres were willing to give 400 to Judge there, right? And so I think if that's their age 44, I mean, there's going to be a team out there. If Manny has another MVP season, there's going to be another team out there that's going to be willing to give a huge contract to Manny and say, okay, if he's 42 at the end of the contract, we don't care. We're paying for the first five, six, seven years of this. Um, and they just pay. I think Seidler would be willing to do that. Now, I don't, I don't know if Manny wants to play till he's 44. Uh, he probably wants to pay, play till he's 40. I think I remember him saying something about that in the past. I think Seidler will definitely give him a raise. He will give him 40 million a year, I think. If that's what Manny wants, he'll give it to him. Uh, he's been so great for this organization. And why, why would Seidler stop spending? If he's spending all this money already, why would he stop? Why would he not pay Manny? Out of all the people you wouldn't pay, why would he pull a Boston Red Sox thing and say, no, we'll let you walk? Right when you're trying to win? Like this is, I know he, he said he doesn't believe in windows. All right, then that backs up that too. If he doesn't believe in windows of contention and he's just trying to win every year, then why would you lessen your chances of winning in the next five-year window? Or why would you lessen your chances of winning every year by not bringing back to, uh, not bringing back Manny, right? And with Soto, you don't trade Wood, Hassel, Gore, who else? Susanna. You don't trade all those guys to only get two and a half years out of Juan Soto. Now Juan Soto is going to get paid. I mean, Otani's going to get paid a lot of money next year, and Boris, you bet he's going to try to get more money for Soto than Otani gets. But Fans are going to show up this year. They got a ton of money from that Disney thing. I don't know if you guys saw something about that, where teams are getting more money um, from that, getting money from postseason, right, and memorabilia and all these jerseys they're going to sell. Like, he's making money. Sidler's a fan. He's trying to invest this back into the team. So there's nothing that's telling me that Sidler's not going to be willing to give Manny and Soto what they want. There's not. And until there is something that concerns me about that, or until I think that, all right, Manny or Soto, this is it. Like, he's not coming back. 
I'm going to keep believing that they're both going to be here. I'm not worried about Manny leaving. I don't think that he will. I'll be very surprised if Seidler lets him walk. Um, just like I was going to be surprised if the Yankees were going to let Judge walk. And I'll be surprised if Soto walks. I mean, I won't be surprised necessarily if he becomes a free agent because Boris, they just want the biggest contract. Uh, or Boris does at least. But I think that both will come back in free agency if they go to free agency. Jesus says, sign Benintendi and Yuli Gurriel if and first if and first base and a Drury for DH. Wait, what? I'd be, okay, so the Benintendi-Gurriel thing, I'd be open to that if Gurriel is on the bench. I don't want a 39-year-old being my first baseman every, or not my first baseman. Crony's the first baseman. I mean, I don't want, I'd be fine with Gurriel being like, a DH. Um, I don't want him in the lineup every day, though. The guy had a bad OPS last year. His numbers sucked last year. Let me look up his numbers and go over them again. He had a negative war, OPS plus of 84 when league average is 100. You want your OPS to be like 700, 800, 750, above that. His OPS was 647. His slugging was 360. He only had eight home runs. I mean, just a bad year. I don't want to give that money to Yearly Gurriel. I'll pass on that. Benintendi? That's a different story. I'd be open to that. Um, contact guy. Now, their outfield is set, though. Like, I mean, if you move Grisham, okay, Tatis to center. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You can have Benintendi play left or right, wherever you want to put him. Probably left, have Soto play right then. Uh, right now, the outfield's set. So I don't think Benintendi fits the Padres right now. And I'm looking at it as, does he fit anywhere in the lineup? Like, I don't think so. I'm not looking at positions. Like, they're having Kim at second. They're having Crony at first. They're having Bogarts at short. They're having Manny at third. You have your outfield set. Soto, Grisham, Tatis. Benintendi's going to want a DH? No. And that's not someone that you bring in to be a DH. So I don't really think Benintendi fits. And Gurriel, I'll, I'll pass on him. Uh, Wolfpack asks, Tatis, Grisham for Buxton and Arise. 
Uh, no, I'm not trading Tatis for Buxton, a guy that doesn't stay healthy. I know Tatis doesn't stay healthy, but I think he can. He's coming off surgery. I think that will increase his chances of staying healthy. You sign him. You think the Twins are going to pay for that Tatis contract? They just signed Buxton to an extension. Uh, and you think that they want Grisham to play center field? Because they probably put, what, Tatis at short? They already have shortstops coming. I mean, Royce Lewis is a young shortstop. Minnesota is not a team that's like the Padres and is willing to go spend a ton of money. Like, they'll spend, they'll give Buxton the contract extension, uh, but they're looking to possibly trade a rise for young, controllable pitching. Young, controllable pitching is low salary. Tatis is not low salary. Um, and Grisham might as well just keep Buxton. So, no. One, I don't think the Padres should do that. I mean, I love a rise, but I don't want to trade Tatis and Grisham. And, yeah, sure, you get a rise, but Buxton doesn't stay healthy. I'll just have Grisham. Uh, and I'll take my chances with Tatis and Grisham. And I don't, th I don't think the Twins would do that. The Padres, it would probably be a better chance of the Padres doing that than the Twins, I would think. But that, that's not going to happen. The Padres aren't trading Fernando. Like, can we stop that? It's not going to happen. Gabe asked, wait, that was Jim on the phone with the phone? Yeah. Yeah, right in the middle of the screen, just puts his phone up and just blocks Xander. Just, and the Padres person, some employee, like grabbed him from his belt and was like, get out of the shot. Yeah, just idiot. Wanted to be the center of attention, Jim. Well, you got it. Mike likes J.D. Martinez. I do, too. I don't know how much he's going to cost. But um, I'd be interested in him as the DH. I don't even... I kind of feel dumb, though, talking about cost. Because they just spent 280 on Bogarts. They were, in, they were willing for 400 with Judge and 342 with Turner. Like the money thing that we should not be talking about money. So, yeah, I'd love J.D. Martinez. Bring him on in. He, he, he used to be Xander's teammate with the, with, uh, the Red Sox. Uh, yeah, bring him in. He's one of the, he's not the same JD that he used to be, but I think he was an all-star this past year still. So, but with that, with that said, I mean, there's going to be interested in him as well. I agree with this one, Steven. Uh, Brantley seems perfect. Yeah, I think so. Lefty hitter. Because Bogarts is a righty, so now how many righties do they have? You got Nola, Manny, Kim, Tatis, right? That's four, right? Did I say? Bogarts is five. And then if you could get, so you have Crony as a lefty, you have Grisham as a lefty, and who's the other? Soto. So that's three lefties. Add another lefty as the DH. That creates a that that creates a as balanced of a lineup as you can have it, right? So that works. And 
kind of like JD, like that guy's a pure hitter. He's not, you know, going to strike out a bunch of times. Um, he is coming off the shoulder injury, but I expect him to be ready for the season. And uh, he's always on playoff teams, it seems like. So he definitely has that experience. I think he could have a solid year. Yeah. Yeah, Brent, you're kind of thinking with me here. It says we can afford to keep Grishin center if he's batting ninth. Yep. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> to have a lineup of Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Brantley, Kim, Nola, Grisham. Like, that's that's a great lineup. That's still a great lineup. And Grish, he's going to have a better year than last year. You can't have a worse year. I'm also I'm also hearing the Padres' interest in Gallo, too. I know Jesus bring that, brings that up. He's a pretty good defensive outfielder, I think. But again, the outfield's full, so he, he'd, he'd be like your DH. And if you want to give Tatis a day off, which they're going to do, you're not going to have him play every day, right? So he could go fill in there. I know he strikes out and all that, but I think he's going to benefit a lot from the shift going away, right? Because they would shift him all day long, and he'd hit balls right at guys. Seemed like him and Muncie, right, on the Dodgers. Those were the two that really got hurt by that shift from the Dodgers. So I think uh, Gallo, I think he could fit. Uh, he's not someone that I would be like. Here, I'll put it this way. I don't want Gallo over, like, J.D. Martinez or Michael Brantley, but I'll take him um, if it's a one-year deal. Not huge on the money. Because I think you, I think the Padres want to go spend the money on starting pitching. I'll take him. Again, I I just caught myself talking about money again. We shouldn't be talking about saving money. Like we know, Sidler's probably not even thinking about that right now. Wolfpack likes Mitch Keller from the Pirates. I like Mitch Keller too, but I think a lot of other teams like Mitch Keller, and I think the Pirates like Mitch Keller. They probably want him to be in their rotation long term. If they get if the Padres offer something big, then yeah, they'll they'll say yes. But um, I don't think he'll come to the Padres. Mike Mike says we should look at Michael Fulmer and Ross Stripling uh, for the number four spot. Stripling, I'd be interested in. He is he's like a Nick Martinez. You'd have two Nick Martinez's on your team. Because he was with the Blue Jays last year and he was a reliever. He was starting some. So yeah, I like Stripling. Uh as for Fulmer, didn't he sign back with the Tigers? Or is he still a free agent? Let me double check that. Oh, I think he's still a free agent. So, yeah, I mean. Fulmer would be interesting. Uh, he's not the same. Oh. There we go. He's not the same guy that he used to be. So, I don't know if the Padres are too high on him anymore. Uh, but, no, it wasn't him that they were interested in. It was Matt Boyd. 
who also pitched on the Tigers. I was thinking of someone else, but I was about to say, weren't they interested in Fulmer, like trading for him a few years ago? That was more Matt Boyd, uh, who got like 10 mil from the Tigers after not having like this full season last year. So that was weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd like to have Stripling. I definitely would be interested in Stripling. On like a, how many years would that be? Like two years? I'd be interested in that. I'm sorry, guys. I'm behind on this chat, so I'm trying to scroll through here to see if there's any questions. Bonzo, here's this comment. Bonzo says Manny opts out and AJ gets Otani. Come on. I mean, I'd love Otani. Every team would love Otani, but I feel like I want Manny. I'd rather have Manny than Otani. That might sound stupid, but this guy... He is a he's the man in San Diego, MVP candidate. You know he's gonna show up every year. Otani has gotten hurt. Um I don't know how long he's gonna do the two way thing. And he's gonna get paid more more probably than Manny, because he's entering free agency for the first time, right? Well, he was a free agent technically coming over, but you get what I'm saying. Um and the Padres, I mean Hopefully, they'll be in a pretty good spot starting pitching-wise. If they can extend Darvish, they'll have Musgrove, Martinez, hopefully. If either he opts in after this season or the Padres give him that club option, which doesn't even look that bad anymore. So, you have those guys. They can make trades. Um, given a starting pitcher or a guy who will start some games, giving him like $50 million a year, which Otani might get. I mean, Judge got 40 Otani hits and pitches. Um, giving him 40, 50 million a year. I don't know. I guess they're giving 40 a year probably. They're still, they, they will have to do that for Manny. But maybe I'm just attached to Manny and I'm not attached to Otani. Everyone's going to want Otani in free agency. I feel like the Dodgers are waiting for Otani. Like, they're not making much... I mean, they just signed Jason Hayward to a minor league deal, right? I think they're waiting for Otani, and they're just going to give him whatever the heck he wants, which is kind of scary, but... I'm fine. I'll say this. I'm fine with having Manny for the rest of his career if we don't get Otani. Chad says one run, but I gave up five earned runs in game four. I'm talking about he gave up one run in the first inning that he pitched, and then he got shelled in that second inning that he went out there. I think Hoskins homer off of him. I think Hoskins homered. I think Bryce doubled right after that in the gap. That's what I'm talking about. Not one in total, one in that first inning that he came in. What was it, the fourth inning? After Kleb couldn't get any outs, Martinez pitched three innings, got nine outs, didn't give up any runs. He was phenomenal, and then Manaya came in there, and I think they had a six-four lead, right? And then gave it right up after having a four-nothing lead to start the game. And Clev, uh, you know, we know what happened there. It was four-three when he left. I agree with Cameron here. I don't think Manny's leaving San Diego. I think he loves the city, loves the team too much. I think Peter Seidler. 
loves Manny too much to let him go. Like we're attached to Manny. We're not attached or attached. We're not attached to Otani. Wolfass pass, sorry. Wolfpack asks, can Manny move to first later on? Uh I I guess he could, but why would he? He's the best third baseman in baseball. I don't see him moving to first base anytime soon. Maybe they put Manny at first and Xander at third at some point, but that's that's way down the line. I mean, Manny's at third, Xander's at short for a long time. I think. Assuming Manny's gonna be here for the rest of his contract. I think Manny stays at third the rest of his contract. So that's another, what, five years? Signed in 19. Be five years after this year. Fly God asks, do you think Manny will opt out next season? I think he probably will. If he has another great season, he will. Or he'll renegotiate. I don't know if I don't know if you can renegotiate a contract without opting out. So maybe he opts out, they renegotiate, signs back. I think that's what happens. Or they re, or if you can renegotiate a contract, then you do and he just doesn't opt out at all. Maybe we see that. Like in September or something. Cuz you can sign people to extensions and probably renegotiate whenever. I think. I mean, they kind of like how they did with Musgrove with the extension. Because they're on the team, right? They're not free agents. You have the exclusive negotiating rights to that player. KJ said, oh, here we go. Here's the Cronoworth slander. Uh-oh. He says, Cronoworth doesn't provide enough slug for me. Well, I mean, come on, dude. All-star back-to-back years. Cronenworth, that's not what the Padres expect out of him. They're not expecting slug from Cronenworth. They're expecting a guy that gets on base, hits for average. He can hit doubles, you know, sparingly. Um, he's just a good hitter. This isn't a guy that's going to go hit 40 home runs. They're not expecting that out of him. And you don't need that out of him. With the lineup that they're going to have, hopefully you pick up a power bat at DH. So you have that, you have Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, there you go. There's your power. You have another great hitter with Cronenworth behind them. Like, That's what you want. I mean, Grish has home run potential too. So the Padres don't need him to have a bunch of slug, right? They want great defense out of him, which he provides. They want him to be probably a better hitter than he was last year, which I think he will. So that's not a big deal. Justin with another super chat. Thank you so much. He asks, uh, what's the word on Benintendi? I saw we met with them yesterday. I saw that report the Padres were meeting with Benintendi. I don't know if they actually did. Uh, I haven't heard any update on Benintendi. I don't know if he I don't, I don't know if he fits the Padres as much as other teams right now. Because they have an outfield. If they're trading Grisham, okay, then we can have the conversation. Uh, but right now, he wants to start somewhere, and I don't think he's a DH. And I, I don't think that you're putting like Tatis DH full-time. So I don't see him coming to the Padres. 
question here from Mike. Does Profar re-sign as a bench player? I don't think he wants to be a bench player. Him being a Boris client, I don't think Boris wants Profar to be a bench player. Now, Boris works for Profar, not the other way around. I think sometimes Boris thinks that the players work for him, you know, with the press conferences that he has and all that. Um, and just him always talking to the media and always want to be always wanting to be out there. But um, so if Profar wants to be back as a bench player and wants to, if, if, he, if he thinks this is the best place or best chance that gives him, he has the best chance to win here, then maybe. But I think he thinks that he should be starting somewhere. And so I don't think that he comes back. Yeah, good point by Chad here about this whole Tatis trade crap. And I call it crap because it's not going to happen. Um, Tatis has a no trade clause. You think he wants to be traded to the Twins and leave San Diego? Come on. I don't think so. Nothing against the Twins. I have family in Minnesota, but come on. We know the Padres are in a much better spot than the Twins are in terms of winning and stuff like that. Oh, Adam says the team store is already selling Xander jerseys. All right. Well, that's a Christmas present for fans. Definitely. So that's why they're probably getting them up as soon as possible. He looks good in the Padres uni. He has the matching hair. He was talking about that during the presser as well. He wasn't planning on doing that. That's just the color of his hair, but it works. David has a question here. Do you think we could get Dansby or Carlos Correa for a DH? No. They're shortstops. Why would they come here to be a DH? They wouldn't, get be, they wouldn't be paid as much if they're just the DH. So automatically, no. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are going to be interested in Carlos Correa and Dansby. I mean, you got the Giants, the Twins, the Red Sox, maybe, for Dansby, not Carlos, because they weren't even willing to pay Xander. Uh, but the Cardinals, they're not going with Paul DeYoung. The Cubs, there are a lot of teams out there that want shortstops. So, no, that's, that's a 0% chance of happening, Dansby and Carlos. If they come here as a DH, I mean, I don't even know what I would do. I would be ecstatic, but that's not happening. Alec with... Alex with the question here, do you think anyone will sign Manaya? Yeah. He's a quality starter. Just he's not someone that I go trusting with my playoff hopes. So yeah, it's nothing against him like personally. I, I don't think that he's this terrible pitcher, but I'd rather I think there's better options out there. If you're asking yourself, do I trust this person on the mound in the postseason? That's what the Potters need to ask themselves. Who should they bring in? That's the question they should be asking. Do I trust this guy in the playoffs? If the answer is no, then don't bring them in. Because this playoffs, this this team's expectations are the playoffs, obviously. This team's expectations are at least getting back to the NLCS, right? They're gonna the media's gonna ask them what is the expectation for this season, and they're gonna say, go win the World Series. And it's a team, if they go get they fill some holes here, they can go win the World Series, definitely. Getting back Tatis, bringing in Bogarts. You just went to the NLCS. You brought back Martinez and Suarez. Like 
yeah, this is a World Series caliber team roster. Um, so they need to be asking themselves, which pitchers do we trust or would we trust in the postseason? And I don't think Manaya should be included on that list. Mike says, Angels are crazy to not trade Otani now and load up on prospects if they don't plan on paying him. I agree with that, but I think that Artie Moreno, the current Angels owner, wants to leave that decision up to the, Angel, the new Angels ownership, or the new Angels ownership is telling Artie Moreno, don't trade him, we're going to try to bring him back, uh, or we want to trade him ourselves and dictate which team he goes to, which prospects we get back, so you don't do anything. Maybe that's what's happening. Um, I think also Perry Mernasian, the GM, is probably taking orders from the Angels' owner, Moreno. And Moreno probably is saying, no, we have Trout, we have Otani still. Like, let's go try to win this year. If it's not in the cards at the trade deadline, okay, then maybe we'll have that conversation. But to give up a full year of Trout's prime uh, by trading Otani, because that's what they would be doing. You're trading away your best player. Trout was their best player, but best play. I, I mean, this guy, Otani does something that no one else does, right? He is the be he's the best player in baseball. Um, so to trade him, you're, you're giving up on the season already of, you know, trying to win a World Series, right? I know the Angels, they're not a World Series team, but you're giving up by trading him. And I don't think the Angels want to do that to start the year because they do want to sell tickets too, right? You trade Otani. I mean, there's Trout, but people come for Otani. Wolfpack says Tatis would make a solid DH, no diving for balls and dislocating his shoulder. Yeah, I think they will DH him some games. I think you'll see that. But I think Tatis wants to go play the field. I think the Padres value Tatis in the field, even in the outfield, not at short. Because of his athleticism, his arm, like you're leaving a lot of stuff on that bench when the team is on the field if you're going to have Tatis go DH every day. Um, and he can still dislocate his shoulder swinging the bat. We, we've, he's done that already. I think multiple times, right? I know at least once against the Giants. Um, so, I mean, he could hurt himself running the bases, right? We know he goes all out. So you put him in the field and you just hope nothing happens. You hope nothing happens at the plate or on the bases. I mean, you don't just put him at DH for the full year. You're wasting Tatis' talent if you're putting him only at DH. I, I want him at DH some games. I don't think he should be playing every day, but in the field, I mean. But um, no, you, you don't put him at DH every day. Omar brings up Brian Reynolds. I've already discussed that. I don't think that's happening. The Pirates are already saying that they're not trading him. I know that Mike Rizzo, the Nats GM, said, I'm not trading Soto, and then they traded him. But they got back a historic offer from the Padres, right? A, a historic return um, that any GM would say yes to, right? So it was understandable why they traded Soto. With Brian Reynolds, 
Do the Padres want to give up multiple major league pieces, controllable major league pieces, give up Jackson Merrill for Brian Reynolds when they already have an outfield of Soto, Tatis, and Grisham? Like, I don't think so. I don't think it's worth it. Brian Reynolds is a great player, but they just went and got Bogarts. Bogarts is better than Brian Reynolds. They're getting back Tatis. Tatis is better than Reynolds. Like, they're upgrading this lineup already. You know you're getting great defense and center out of Grisham. I'm fine with what they have, with, with the outfield that they have right now. Um, and I don't want to give up Merrill because Kim's going to be a free agent after 2024, and Merrill will be ready right there. And he will be a cheap option that you can put there in the middle of the infield. You're going to have to pay Cronenworth if you want Cronenworth long-term, right? Um, I mean, yeah, Brian Reynolds would be good to have on the team, but I guess I'm not as high on him and trading Merrill and other major league pieces because that's what it would be. You'd have to trade other major league pieces too. It, it wouldn't just be prospects. I'm just not as high on that as other fans are, I guess. Yeah, I agree with Mike. Stop with the Tatis trade insanity. He is here, period. You'd be trading Tatis at his lowest point, too. I mean, lowest value. I know he'd still have a lot of value, but coming off the suspension, don't know how the shoulder is going to hold up. Like, why would you do that if you're trying to get this amazing return for him? Um, and you're trying to win right now. Tatis is one of the best players in baseball. Your chances of winning a World Series go down if you deal him. And he'd have to approve the trade. There's so many things that are like, uh, that are alarms that would go off in Preller's head to tell him, no, you don't do this. Why, why would you do this? Gabe asks, how do you think the Padres' one through four order will work out? Um, good question. I think it's Tatis leading off. I think it's Soto hitting second. I think it's Machado hitting third. And I think it's Bogarts hitting fourth. I think they want, they definitely want Soto and Manny in that first inning. So that guarantees that. And Tatis is most comfortable when he's leading off. Uh, and then Bogarts is your one of, I don't want to say fourth best hitter, but he's one of your four best hitters, right? And so you put him fourth. He can hit home runs. He's a power bat. Uh, and I think you should put him in front of Cronenworth. You have two solid hitters there, four or five. Maybe the DH goes in front of Cronenworth. Who knows? Um, so we'll see. Or maybe the DH goes fourth if they bring in someone huge. I mean, that's another intriguing conversation to have, too. Who are the? How would you rank the top four hitters on the Padres? Is Soto one? Coming off last year? I don't know. Maybe it's Machado one. Machado one? Soto two? Tatis three? Bogarts four? Maybe? Is that how you rank it? I probably have to look into the numbers deeper, but that's definitely an uh, intriguing topic, right? Maybe I'll do a show on that in the future. Bonzo says, sign all the shortstops, all of them. I mean, they're, they pretty much done that. Nola used to play shortstop, and he catches. Don't know if you guys knew that, but he did used to play shortstop. Uh, Cronenworth used to play shortstop a little bit. Manny played short before he moved to third because J.J. Hardy was there in Baltimore. Tatis played short. Bogarts is a shortstop. Kim, shortstop. They have six. 
on the team that have played shortstop at one point. I'm sure, I mean, I'm not talking about Little League. I'm, sh- I'm sure everyone on the roster did, but I'm talking about like professionally, big league level sometimes. Nola wasn't big league level, but professionally, college, like they were shortstops. So yeah, Preller loves his athleticism and they pretty much have all shortstops. It's, it's great. I, I love that. I love the shortstop alignment. I mean, get athletic guys and put them around the diamond. See what happens. Um, athletic guys, guys that play short, they're usually athletic. They can move. They can adjust better than guys that um, aren't shortstops, and you try to move them to another position, if that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Someone says here, we currently have the best outfield and best infield of Major League Baseball. You can make the case the best infield. I think if the Braves bring back Dansby, that's a pretty good one. Riley, Swanson, Albies, Olsen. Um, who else? Who else would be in the conversation? Astros, they have Bregman. They have Abreu at first. They have Pena at short. Who's at, They have Altuve at second. That's probably up there. Uh, but... Definitely, they're one of the best infields. And then outfield, I mean, you have Tatis and Soto right there. That's pretty damn good. And then you add in Grisham, if he has a good year, yeah. Two of the three are Hall of Fame talents, right? So, yeah, I mean, they, have, they definitely have one of the best rosters on the team. One of the best, not one of the best rosters in the league, sorry. That's what I meant to say. Thank you. Yeah, Gus or G Sus says, uh, "Congrats on episode 300." By the way, yep. Man, that's crazy. 300. It's gone by pretty fast. I started this thing. Was it April 2021? I think that's when it was. And I remember, I was sitting here. We're not sitting here. I was actually outside doing it, and. I was just doing it on, uh, it wasn't a YouTube show first. It was just a podcast. And so I was just talking into like my iPad, uh, just my Padres thoughts. And I had them all like written down and I was just like reading from the paper. So I've definitely gotten a lot better with it. Um, it's now developed into a podcast, YouTube show, goes up on gaslampball.com as well. Uh, I now have thousands of followers on Instagram, 5,800 followers on Twitter, thousands of subscribers here on YouTube, uh, and it, it's all props to you guys. I mean, this isn't, like, just me. I mean, this is you guys. Without you guys, I don't have this, right? So I'm just a Padres fan, a diehard Padres fan. I'm like Xander, right? Baseball struck 24-7. That's me. Um, and I, I just love communicating with you guys. Um, and, and talking baseball, there are some times where it's like, all right, guys, come on, let's be a little smarter. That's a dumb scenario you just proposed, but it's all in fun. Um, and I absolutely love doing this, right? I mean, I was just at the winter meetings for 12, 13 hours a day, uh, standing in there at the hotel and going live from the winter meetings. Like this is just, this is my life. You know, I, I love this. So thank you guys. 
Omar asks, who is our hitting coach? Uh, Ryan Flaherty and Morgan Burkhart are going to share those duties right now. Uh, I think they still have to make one or two other coaching staff additions, but those two guys are going to be like the main hitting coaches um, for this year because Michael Bedard is now with the Detroit Tigers. I think he just wanted to be close to home. I think that's where his home is. He, he uh, used to coach at Michigan. So I assume he was he just wanted to be closer to home. Because our situation's much better than Detroit's. I mean, let's be honest. Mike asks, why are we penciling in Dahl already as our DH? I would hope we re-sign Drury or JD Martinez or put JD Martinez there. Yeah. They're doing that. MLB Network's doing that because they have to, right? They're putting up the projected lineup on the screen. So they're just showing people what it looks like. They know that that's not what it's going to look like. They just they don't want to leave the DH thing open and have no one there, right? They're just putting the lineup up. Oh, here's the opening day lineup. Here's the players that would probably be in these spots if it started today. They're putting Tatis in left, but Jeff Passan was on with Darren Smith today, and he was talking about how the plan is for Tatis in right, and that makes sense. Soto's not a great defensive right fielder. Don't be fooled by the gold glove nominee thing. Tatis has more range in right. It's a bigger right field at Petco. That makes sense. You don't move Grisham from center. So I think left to right, it'll be Soto in left, Grisham to center, uh, Grisham in center, and Tatis in right. But no, Dahl's not going to be the DH. It'll be someone else. I'd be open to Drury. I'd rather have JD as the DH and have Drury as like a utility guy, but Drury probably will get starting... Uh, offers from other teams. Anthony with the Super Chat asked, who will be our DH? I want Michael Brantley. If, if I had any choice, I'd go with Michael Brantley. Probably J.D. Martinez after that. First base, outfield backup. First base is... Oh, first base, backup. Because first base is crony. Outfield backup, I mean, they could go... I've heard interest in, like, Conforto. I think I saw something about that. Uh, Profar, if he wants to win and is willing to be a utility guy, but I think he'll get starting money elsewhere. Uh, Myers fits the first base outfield backup role because he can do both. And I think he'd be willing to. Like, if he wants to win, this is the best place, the best chance that he'll have. Like, he'll, he could probably get a starting job somewhere else I don't know about Colorado, but I'm just throwing that team out there because he loves hitting there. Um, but if he wants to win, like that's not the place for that, right? San Diego is. Maybe he'd be willing to do that. I know that he loves San Diego. His wife loves San Diego. I love them. We love them, most of us, right? Some people think that Will's time is up, but if he's willing to take like a team-friendly deal one year and be a backup first baseman, backup outfielder, play a little bit, day games uh i'd bring him back we already know what you're gonna get from him hopefully he stays healthy i'd bring him back and fifth starter anthony asks um martinez hopefully is the fifth starter and they bring in someone in free agency whether that's senga rodon ken rosenthal said that might be a stretch but that was before they gave 280 to bogart so Sider's willing to spend money um so hopefully like Rodon or Senga or Bassett, one of those three, they can be 
like the four starter, and you have Darvish, Snell, Musgrove. I mean, if you bring in Rodon, Rodon's probably like the two starter or three starter ahead of Snell, um, probably ahead of Musgrove too. But those are the guys I hope that they bring in to answer that question, Anthony. Good question. Thank you. Hawkeye Digger says, my hopeful lineup is Grish, Tatis, Soto, Manny, Bogarts, DH, Crony, Kim, Nola. I think Grisham has a good year coming up. When you have four hitters in your lineup of Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, you need three of those four being guaranteed hitting in that first inning. You want those guys up as much as possible. So I don't see Grisham being the leadoff hitter. I see it being Tatis. I see it being... I see Bogarts uh, or Soto. I have that as a better or higher chance of happening than Grish. You're, you're, you're putting those four guys as your top four hitters. You want them up as much as possible because they're your four best hitters. right? Judge was leading off for the Yankees a lot last year. Get him as much, as many at-bats as possible. That's what you want for Tatis. That's what you want for Bogarts and Grisham and Manny. Or not Grisham, Bogarts. Soto, Manny, Tatis. Um, I'm fine with Grish being the second leadoff hitter, hitting ninth. But, no, you want your top four guys hitting as your top four guys. Brandon Dixon rakes. I know that's you're not being serious. Um, I don't even think he'll be on the roster next year. Maybe at some point, but... Uh, no, he, he doesn't really rake. <laughs> Not me solo says rumor is Senga wants a hundred mil. We only have fifty mil before going over the luxury tax tier two. Do we go over? I don't think Seidler cares. Like if Preller said if Preller convinces Seidler that Senga is the guy to go get, then he'll go get him. Maybe he wants a hundred. I don't know if a team's gonna give him a hundred. Like there, there are predictions of five for seventy-five. Does it give up? Does it get up to five a hundred? Maybe. It's only five million dollars more a year. Maybe that happens. Um, even if it is five for a hundred, I think the Padres would be willing to do that. If they're if they love Kodai Senga, then they'll they'd be willing to do that. For the lineup. Michael says, Kim won, Soto 2, Manny 3, Xander 4, Cronenworth 5. Where's Tatis? Opening day, maybe, that's what you do with Kim leading off. Um, but maybe the Padres want Soto, Manny, Xander being in the first inning. Get them up as much as possible. Uh, but no, I, I, like, I like that, Michael. Having opening day without Tatis, Kim lead off, have Soto as a lefty hit uh, second, then Manny, Xander, Crony. Yeah, sign me up. Anything else? Let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to get to here? Uh, Passon said on Darren Smith's show today that the Red Sox had no momentum on Xander. Uh, there was that report by a Red Sox reporter during the day. The other, was it yesterday? No, not yesterday. Day before yesterday when Xander signed. Um, there was the report that the, the, there was heavy momentum, I think, or something like that 
I don't know what heavy momentum mean or heavy discussions. It was heavy discussions. I think Heyman said that. There are heavy discussions in Bogarts and the Red Sox. Like what? What are heavy discussions? Passan said there were there were not heavy discussions. Um he he thought that Bogarts was going to the Padres because the Red Sox, according to him, they weren't really that in on Bogarts. Um and we saw that. Six years, 162 was like their final offer or something. That was nowhere close to the Padres. Like, if it would have been close, like same AAV, one year off, kind of like the judge thing compared to the Padres, then he would have went back to the Red Sox, I believe. I think he probably wanted to be with the Red Sox, Endeavors and all that. But when it's that far apart, six years compared to 11, you're forcing Bogarts to go to the Padres. So the Red Sox, they... They're acting, and this is why Red Sox fans are mad. They're acting. The Red Sox are acting like they tried their best to keep Bogarts, and he was their number one priority. But they didn't show it with their actions. And so the Red Sox fans are like, why are you lying to us? You had I was listening to the Red Sox, uh, or not Red Sox, but Boston Radio the other day to hear their reaction to Xander signing here. And they were calling the Red Sox front office and the ownership wussies and pussies. Because they just wouldn't go out and say, we didn't want to give Xander 11 years. And uh, so we weren't going to do it. No, instead, they have writers put out pieces of Heim Bloom being devastated at the airport. And just staring blankly at his phone when he heard of the news at the San Diego airport in the Delta Sky Lounge. Um, and sulking on the airplane when he got on the airplane. Um, you know, like they're trying to make it seem like they tried their best and they didn't. So they're lying to the Red Sox fan base. That's what they're mad about. Now, we're not Red Sox fans, so whatever. Um, again, the Red Sox had their four World Series titles. The Padres have never won one. We're going all in here. Let's go do this. Let's go win, right? I can't, I couldn't be happier to have Xander on this team. I, I, I'm loving Xander already. Uh, but no. That's the other thing I guess I wanted to add here. Pat Passon says the Red Sox had no like heavy discussion. There was no like big momentum on bringing back Sandra Bogarts, according to reports. That was just, I assume, Boris or whoever leaked that. It was just to get the Padres to increase their offer, probably. Maybe there was another team that was uh, in there. Um, maybe there was someone from Boris's camp that wanted Bogarts to be a Padre and leaked that to whoever that Red Sox reporter was that said that, uh, to get the Padres to go in there and pay more. And that's what happened. So credit to everyone who leaked that, I guess. Because according to, I think it was the Union Tribune put out the other day, that Seidler was more involved than he usually was in free agent decisions. and Or he was more involved than usual in going and getting a free agent. He wanted to make sure that they got Xander Bogarts. And so it worked. I don't care how much they spent on Bogarts. I don't care that they gave him 11 years. Like, who cares about when I'm 30 years old? I'm 19 right now. I'll be 30 when this contract's up. I don't care about then. I'm try we're trying to win right now, right? We just made it to the NLCS. Let's go improve this team so we can go get to the World Series, right? Like, that should be the mentality, and that's what the mentality is. So anyone that's trying to complain about, oh, my man, this this is like, Oh my gosh, this is a long contract. 11 years, really? If you're a Padres fan doing that, you don't have the right mentality. Like, who cares 
about that right now. And $25 million a year when he's 40, that's not going to be bad at all. Because contracts keep going up every single year, the AAV. Imagine what the AAV is going to be for a shortstop free agent in 2030. When it's 25 a year for Bogarts now. Right? Correa is going to get 30 a year probably. Judge just got 40. You know? So, and he's already 30 years old, right? So, this, is, this might be a bargain by the end of this. And it already seems like a bargain. Bogarts is one of the best players in baseball, and you got him for 25 a year. 25 a year, no opt-outs, no trade clause, uh, $5 million signing bonus. Like, that's a good deal if I'm the Padres. Because you just added one of the best all-around hitters in baseball. A guy that stays healthy. A guy that is someone that has won two rings before. And it can help you go win a World Series. You know, this isn't Hosmer. Uh, let's get that straight. This is different. Brent asks, you're okay with giving Senga a guy who has never pitched in the majors equal or more than Joe? Joe took a big-time hometown discount. That's a good um, question there. I am willing to give Senga that if the Padres are willing to give him that. Like, I trust the Padres in their spending for a big starting pitcher this offseason because they're making smarter investments on players than they did when, like, Ryan Fowler was the owner, right? Um, I think Preller has learned from his mistakes. So if they're willing to give it to him, then they know more than we do about him. So I'll be fine with it. And you kind of proved your, or you kind of disproved your point there by saying Joe took a big-time hometown discount. Yeah, so... I'm fine with giving Senga equal to what Joe got because imagine what Joe would have gotten free agency. Joe would have gotten way more than $100 million, right? Matt Boyd got $10 million on a one-year deal. Like, Musgrove, would he have gotten $30 million a year? Maybe. In free agency. So, let's say Senga and Joe were free agents. Yeah, I'd be okay with giving Senga 100 because Joe would have gotten way more than 100 in free agency. That extension looks amazing right now. And that extension five years from now, I will be very surprised that that extension doesn't look like an absolute steal. Right? So, yeah, I'd be fine with giving Senga that because Joe, if he was a free agent, he wouldn't have gotten 100. He would have gotten way more than 100. So, it's not like you'd be comparing, oh, wow, Senga... Give it, got the same as Joe. No, Senga would not have gotten the same as Joe. He might get the same as Joe now, but Joe wanted to be here in San Diego. I agree with this. Pressure's on the Red Sox to pay Devers now. Fans are pissed. Yeah. If they don't pay Devers, I mean, they let walk, they let uh, Lester walk, right? Go. He went won a World Series with the Red Sox or with the Cubs from the coming from the Red Sox. They let Mookie go. Their big guy that they got was Alex Verdugo, nowhere near the caliber of Betts. Betts goes and wins a World Series. Yeah, it's a Mickey Mouse World Series, but still won one. And hopefully Bogarts wins a World Series, multiple World Series with the Padres here. So I want, at some point, the Red Sox have to go pay someone to, to be that face of the franchise for a decade, like two decades, right? Because Bogarts was there for like, what, 10 years? like in the organization, uh, and now he's gone. And Devers is a free agent after this coming season. 
So who's going to be that guy if Devers leaves? Tristan Costas is still there, right? What, you're going to wait for Marcelo Mayer to come up? You know, like, you, Devers, you need to pay Devers if you're the Red Sox, especially after letting Xander walk. So I agree with that. Anthony with another super chat. I appreciate that, Anthony. He says, I would like to see Soto in left, Tatis in center, Myers in right, Grisham as a backup. Really? You'd let, you want to see Myers start over Grisham? I mean, I'd rather have Grisham in the field over Myers in the outfield. I think Grisham's a better outfielder. And I'd rather have Grisham in center over Tatis in center. But if you're having Myers in the outfield, you sign Myers, you put him in the outfield, and you have Grisham as a backup. That would make sense. That alignment would make sense to have Myers in right, Tatis in center with the range, Soto in left. Um, but the Padres, I don't think they view Myers as a starting outfielder. We saw how comfortable he was at first base. If they bring him back, sure, he could play outfield some, but if he's going to play the field, it would probably be at first base um, for a little bit. And if you want to, uh, no, I was going to say if you want to take Grisham out, then you put the DH in left if you bring Brantley in or something. I mean, that could work too. Or if Profar comes back on a short or a lesser deal than he would get as a starter on a team-friendly deal, then you could put him there. Um, no, I mean, I don't really see that, Anthony. Like. Grisham's going to be the center fielder as of now. I think the Padres would rather have Grisham in the outfield over Myers, at least defensively, especially defensively. And they're expecting a bounce back year from Grisham, I think. <laughs> Mike says, four months playing with Hosmer was enough for Bogart to say I'm out of here. Yeah, he did not want to, he didn't want to play with Haas anymore. I mean, Hosmer didn't even play there for four months. He got hurt. He had like a back injury at the end of that year. I wouldn't want to be with Hosmer either, to be honest. That guy's a cancer. See, did you guys see that he blocked like every Padres fan imaginable? There was that one random day this offseason that all Padres fans looked at their to see if Hosmer blocked them and like... Hosmer did block them, all of them. He blocked me. I found that out when he got traded at the deadline. I looked him up and it was like, oh, okay, he blocked me. I think he blocked me on Instagram too because I try to look up his account and can't find it. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure he still has an Instagram. Don't know what I did to him. Uh, I actually, I kind of do know. It was probably all the highlights or the lowlights that I posted of him stepping into the base path. Uh, to you know, on a throw from Cronenworth or something that was right at him, or dropping pop-ups, letting it hit the mound. Maybe it was that. Maybe I deserved the block, but I, I take that as a, a badge of honor. Man, that guy sucked with the Padres. Holy crap. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with this, Bonzo. Says if ownership is cool with it, we should all be cool with it. I think you're. he's referring to the Padres spending like 100 mil on Senga. I don't know. I don't think it probably will get up to 100, but I mean, I can never say that definitively with the way that teams are spending money on 
starting pitching right now. You know, it might get up to 100 with the competition for him. Who knows? All right, I think that's going to do it. Over an hour and a half here, reacting to the Xander Bogarts press conference, answering a bunch of questions about the roster, what it could look like, Tatis trade. No, not happening. Too many things that would be uh, that are contributing there uh, that would, you know, have alarms go off in Preller's head to say, don't do this. But someone brought it up, so I talked about it. Um, Padres contemplated 14 years for 400 for Judge, so they're willing to spend money. Do you give 100 to Senga? Are you willing to do that? A lot, uh, a lot. There, I'm back. A lot was discussed here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 300 is done. Go Padres. See you later.